Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, every day is a choice. Every day is a choice to rejoice. Today is a gift. What are gifts? Gifts are meant to be enjoyed. Gifts are meant to be unwrapped. Could you, I can't think of anything worse than giving someone a gift and they don't even open it. Don't even use it. Here God's given us this incredible gift called life. A couple of Christmases ago, I gave my mother-in-law a gift for Christmas. I'd gotten her the, a cemetery plot. And so I... I my mother-in-law, sorry. Anyway, I didn't get her anything last year and she was all mad at me. You know, you didn't give me anything for Christmas this year. I'm like, you didn't even use what I got you there. So, so here's this gift called life, and, and, and God gave us this gift. And it, it's up to us to unwrap it. It's up to us to enjoy life. This is the day that the Lord has made, and it's my choice to rejoice. I decided when I get up today, today is going to be a good day. The other day, someone said, don't you ever wake up grumpy? I'm like, sometimes I wake up grumpy. <laughs> sometimes I let her sleep. But... Uh, uh, but really, it's a choice every day when you wake up in the morning to have a, a good day. I like to, I like to um, sing in the, in the shower in the mornings. And I'm not the best singer in the world, but in the shower, you know, I'm pretty good. You know, I mean, if I could take my shower on the voice, I would have a chance. And, uh, and so I'll be in the shower. And I'm, we're in hotels a lot, so you, know, you can hear right through those walls. And I'm in there just singing. I sing because I'm happy. And they're like, hey, shut up over there. But it's my choice. To rejoice. I, I, I mean, I, if I could go through my whole life singing, I would. Like those old Elvis movies. Remember how Elvis would, anybody ever seen an old Elvis movie? Let me see if you ever seen old Elvis. Okay. You know how he would sing all of his lines? That's me. I would just be like going through my whole life, like the rest of your life will be the best of your life. I would just do that and because I, I like singing. But uh, I used to want to be an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a, it was just a dream. Um, I was going to be a Christian one, though, because I'm a Christian. Anyway, it's just uh, like I was going to do Christian songs, Elvis songs. I was going to make them Christian songs. And I'd go to, to you, don't, you guys don't care. But, it, but like I rewrote a bunch of them. It was like since the devil left me, like I made them Christian versions. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Like I found a new place to dwell. It's down at the end of the golden streets. It's heaven's hotel. See, there'd be Christian versions of the song like that. <laughs> like I'm feeling so holy, baby. Anyway, um, I just rewritten a bunch of them. Like I got one for the Father, a two for the Son, a three for the Holy Ghost. Anyway, all I'm saying by all that is, is every day it's a choice to rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. And, and so I'm making a choice of mine to rejoice. Make the most out of today because really today is all you've got. Yesterday's over, can't do anything about it. And it took you your entire lifetime to get to today. So why not make the most of it? I mean, think about it. It took you 18 years, 63 years, 49 years, 29 or so years. However old you are, it took you that long to get here. Why not make the most out of today? So how do you make today a great day? People always say, man, I want to have a great life. It's hard to have a whole great life. What if you could just have a great day? I mean, what if you could just have one really good day? All you got to do is do that like seven times and you got a good week right? Four more times you got a good month, 12 times you got a good year. So all it does is goes back to starting with the day. How do you build a great life? One day 
at a time. How do you build a, a big building? One brick at a time. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So how do I make today a great day? There's a scripture I found in the Bible in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 18. It says, the path of the righteous is as the dawning light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Wow, the Bible even talks about having a perfect day. You know, every year God gives us 365 days, gifts, unlimited possibility. I mean, we've got 40-something days left this year. I don't know about you, but I'm really believing that the rest of this year could really be the best of my year. I mean, how many got some things you'd like to see God do this year, like before this year's over? And I mean, you think God created the entire world in six days. Think what he could do for you in the next 40-something days. I mean, I've still got some things. How many like to be happier the rest of this year? Healthier the rest of this year? More love in your home the rest of this year? More joy, more peace in your mind? How many like to see more people get saved the rest of this year here at Free Chapel? So how, how, does, how does that all work together? Let me give you three simple things I found out as I was looking at, at this and, and really processing uh, how to really make a good day, a, a, make a day a great day. And I'm not saying you'll never have problems. Everybody has problems. So it's a choice every day. I choose to be positive today. It's not like everything's perfect in my life. The Bible even says that. John 16, 33, in the world you will have trials, tribulation, distress, frustration. Awesome. <laughs> Just wanted to encourage you a little bit today. It's, it's, uh, you're going to go through some stuff in life, but it says right after that, but be of good cheer. He said, I've already overcome the world. I deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So what he's saying is that even in the middle of your negative situations and circumstances and whatever you may be facing or going through, you can still have a good attitude right in the middle of that because that part is a choice. How many have to work at being positive? Be honest. Yeah, I was born a pessimist. I mean, even my blood type is B negative. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's work. I was telling the last service about this guy had, had twin twin boys, and, and the boys looked exactly alike. I mean, just, you couldn't tell a, a bit of a difference when you looked at them. But other than that, that was the only thing that was alike. Everything else was totally different. I mean, if one was hot, the other was cold. If the TV is too loud, the other one was TV is too quiet. I mean, one was a pessimist, one was an optimist. Everything else was totally different about these two boys. And so the dad thought it would be interesting because one being a pessimist, one being an optimist, their birthday came around, and he thought, you know what, I'm gonna, he went to the pessimist room, and for his birthday, he filled his room with all kind of gifts and toys and games and just all kind of amazing stuff. He went over to the optimist room and he just put in his room a big pile of, of horse manure. And he said, we'll see how they respond. And so the, the pessimist came in, saw all the gifts and toys and he started crying. He said, what's wrong, son? He said, oh, dad, my friends are gonna be jealous that I have all this stuff. I'm gonna have to read instructions to figure out how to use it. Half of them need batteries. Those batteries are gonna have to be replaced. Then they're gonna break. It's just miserable to have all this stuff. He went down the hallway, the optimist room. He's in there jumping up and down in the manure, throwing it all over the place. He said, what in the world are you so happy about? He said, Dad, with this much manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> Again, it's all, in how you, it's all in how you look at things. And, and so you have a choice. You have a choice every day to, to rejoice, to make today a good day. So how do you do that? Three things. Let me give you three things real quick that can really make every day a good day. Number one is you got to own your day. First thing, you want to make today a great day? Own your day. Uh, what does that mean? It means take responsibility for your day. Your day is your responsibility. It's not your parents' responsibility. It's not your friends. It's not your wife. It's not your spouse. It's not your boss. Today is your responsibility. You can't say to someone else, why'd you waste my day? It's your day. 
So you choose what to do with your day. You've got to take responsibility for your day. And, and so, like, you can blame. How many know someone who always blames other people for their problems? Don't point at them. I saw that. It's always someone else's fault. It's the government's fault. It's the economy's fault. It's my parents' fault. It's always someone else's fault. It's easy to blame other people for your problems. It's harder to take responsibility for the things that you need to change. I was getting my physical, and the doctor said, Dave, you need to lose 25 pounds. I'm like, that's Krispy Kreme's fault. I didn't make the donuts. I didn't make that red light that flashes. You know how many know about the red light? That flames of hell, that red light. It's the flames of hell. It's distracting. That thing, I, I, I love hot. You ever had a hot one? Anybody ever had a... Mm. I've been off the Krispy Kremes now. I've been good. I've been clean about nine months. Um, I'm doing good. My wife, she said, honey, don't worry about that. You have got the body of a god. I was like, thanks, babe. She said, yeah, Buddha. So I've been good. I've been nine months. Nine months I'm doing good. I, I did have a relapse about three months ago, but I don't, I, don't like to, I don't like to talk about it. I don't even know what happened. I'm just minding my own business. That red light flash, I blacked out. I did. I woke up like 20 minutes later in the backseat of my car covered in glaze. I'm shaking. I'm like, I don't know what happened. But, but my decision yesterday to eat the donut got me the place I am today, 25 pounds overweight. So my decision today begins to shape my future tomorrow. So I decide, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to run around the block two or three times and I'm going to put the block back under my bed. <laughs> but uh, whatever, whatever it is you do, you know, but it's, it's choice. So here's the thing. We can always blame everyone else and blame everything else for our problem, but you have to decide you are not a victim. You can choose whether to live as a victim or you can choose whether to live as a victor. And I know many of our circumstances in life have been difficult. We go through situations, things, times can be hard. Sometimes you don't have any control over the circumstances or the things that happen to you, but yet you have to master them or you'll spend your whole life being controlled by your past circumstances or your past situations. So we find ourselves in hard times or difficult times, and when you take a real good look at it, you know it's your own choices sometimes that even got you there, and many times it's our choices that get us out of there. And so when you really begin to understand, I've got to take responsibility for today. What am I going to do different? What am I going to change about today? The most important factor in determining really whether or not someone's a happy person is the outlook they choose for themselves how they choose to see things. Because two people can look at the same thing and see them totally different. You ever notice that? I mean, two people can look at a situation, see it different. A person, I see them one way, you see them a different way. Girl brings her boyfriend home to meet her parents. She's so excited. They come in, mom, here he is. And he's got crazy hair, piercings, tattoos all over. And the mom says, ooh, honey, come here for a minute. She goes, he does not look like a very nice young man. Because that's the way the mom saw it. The daughter sees it totally different. She goes, he's a great young man. My goodness, he's given 200 hours of community service right now. It's all in how you look at it, you know. I told told that the other day. This big guy came up afterwards. He goes, you against tattoos? I'm like, no, I'm not. It was just a joke, you know. He's like, you got any? I I personally don't have any tattoos. You know, you wouldn't put a bumper sticker on a Ferrari. Anyway, it's just, it's just a choice. So, so taking responsibility for your day, your action, your reaction to the day, your words. Take responsibility for the words you speak over your day. 
it's amazing how many Christians that understand the power of words, knowing that life and death, Proverbs says, is in the power of your tongue, that you eat the fruit of what you say. How many speak such death over the things that should be bringing them life? Oh, my spouse is never going to change. This job's a dead end. And what we should be speaking death over cancer and poverty and disease and, and life over the things that are beneficial to us. Your words, how many believe your words are powerful? Yeah. How many have ever said something that hurt somebody else? How many have ever had someone say something that hurt you? So we all know the power of our, our words. I heard about a couple. They've been married 25 years, their 25-year wedding anniversary. They went to the same place they'd went 25 years earlier on their honeymoon. And they were celebrating, got the same suite. I mean, 25 years, had some ups and downs, some good times, some bad times, but there they were still together. The husband kind of laid his head back in his wife's lap and she was running her fingers through his hair. You know what he had left and um, 25 years. And, and uh, he had glasses on. She took his glasses off and looked down at him. She said, you know, honey, without your glasses on, you look like the man I married 25 years ago. He looked back up at her and he said, you know, honey, without my glasses on, Okay, um, I'm just saying your words are powerful, so be careful, so be careful what you say. So if you're going to own your day, you got to own your, got to own your words. Here, here's another one. Here's another way. To, number one, own your day. Here's another one. Number two, order your day. Order your day. To win, you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan for your day. Every day, prepare for your day to make sure that you include the essentials of every day. I block off times of every day. I, I create order in my day. Order is the accurate arrangement of things. When things are where they're supposed to be, how many of you feel better when you have things in order? You have life in order. Have, have, have you ever straightened up the shoes in your closet and felt like you could conquer the world? How many know what I'm talking about? Like you straighten your desk, you straighten your garage, you're like what else can I do? All of a sudden you feel like you can do anything because you begin to create order. Order is important. Sequence is important. You, two people can do the exact same things, just do it in a different sequence, get completely different results. That shows you the importance of order. Like uh, one guy gets up in the morning, eats breakfast, gets dressed, drives to work. Next guy gets up in the morning, eats breakfast, drives to work, and gets dressed. <laughs> they both did the exact same three things, just did it in two different orders, two different sequence, got completely different results. One got a promotion, one got arrested. <laughs> but uh, so order is, is important. Order is vital to our day. So I try to order Every, every part of my day, I block off. Here's a part of my day. The first thing in the morning, I want to spend time in the Word of God, spend time talking to God, praying, reading my Bible. I'm going to block that off. I'm going to uh, spend time refreshing every day. I need to spend a little bit of time in, uh, to rest, to, to meditate on God, to, to, uh, to meditate on my day, those kind of things. Rest is, is vital to your day. Take block off some time, to uh, a little break. Even God did that. Seventh day, he, he rested, he took a break. Uh, when you understand... Uh, rest, never make, I heard someone say that I never make important decisions when I'm tired. He said, when, you're, when I'm tired, I look at the short-term solution instead of the long-term fix. Uh, mountains seem higher, valleys seem deeper. When you're tired, you say things you regret. Something that normally doesn't even bother you. All of a sudden, you're a little tired, you're like, what do you mean by that? How many know what I'm talking about? And so tired eyes rarely see a bright future. So find what it is that relaxes you. Time, take some time to rest. Meditate. I, I try to give something every day. I try to block off some time to do something, to give to others. I think giving is one of the greatest things we could ever do. How many like giving? How many enjoy giving? Yeah. And, 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 and I love to give. I mean, well, God loved the world so much that he gave. That's why just about everybody in here lifted your hand and said, you like giving? We kind of can't help it. It's just kind of the way God made us. 
He loved us so much that he gave. What did he give? A son, not just any son. He gave his. Yeah, one well, like he had three sons, and he's like, man, that second one. Yeah, take take that one. No, he gave his only son. He was willing to give us his very best. I think about that every time I have an opportunity to give to him. I always want to give my best. I don't want to give what's just easy. Well, I mean, thank God he didn't do what was just easy. He gave us his very best. I mean, think about it. Even in the next few weeks as we have an opportunity for the exchange on December the, the 4th. I mean, think about it. We got an opportunity to give God our best. Not just what's easy. Oh, yeah, I could, some people could easily drop in $1,000. Someone easily could drop in $10,000. Someone else, $500 may be everything you've got. So it won't all be that we would give the same amount, but if every one of us just heard God and gave our best, it'd be amazing. I mean, wouldn't it be, how many would like to be able to go, hey, uh, Pastor, when we take that offering, put me down for 100000 How many like? How many like to be, it's not, a, it's not a pledge, I'm just asking. <laughs> I know they gave me the envelopes, that, that's... That, like, what is this, an offering? Uh, how many like to be able to do that? Yeah, of course, because our heart is to give. We'd love to be able to. How many like to be able to give more this year than you gave last year? Because that's our, our heart. It's not, it's, it, I mean, when you really understand that, I remember setting a goal years ago. I wanted to give $100,000. I set a goal. I heard about a church, got a phone call, and the receptionist answered the phone and said, uh, I, you know, the guy on the other end said, I'd like to speak to the head hog at the trough. The assistant said, excuse me? Do you mean our pastor? He said, that's who I'm talking about, the head hog at the trough. She goes, that's rude. That's our pastor. We love him. We respect him. We don't talk about him like that. Can I help you with something? He said, yeah, I heard about the special offering going on up at the church. I just wanted to make a $100,000 donation. And the receptionist said, hold on. Let me see if Porky's in. <laughs> the more blessed you are, the greater blessing you can be. And so when, you, when it's your heart to give... It's, I remember years ago, I have at my house what I, I call my dream wall. And I, it's just a, a wall where I got pictures of stuff that I want in my future. It's just, you know, I just put up pictures of stuff. So one thing, I wanted to give $100,000. So I wrote a, a check to my church for $100,000, and I put it up on the wall. And I did this back when I lived in this little government-assisted apartment, a little Section 8 housing. I didn't have a bed, had a little air mattress, didn't have a dining room table and chairs. So just, just starting. Dave Martin International. <laughs> People would laugh at us, like, International, where y'all been? <laughs> We'd never been anywhere, but it was a small ministry. I did everything. Answer my own phones. I'm like, Dave Martin International. <laughs> Can I speak with Dave? Uh, one moment, please. <clears throat> Hello, this is Dave. Yeah, this is it. I did everything. I used to lay hands on people, run behind them, catch them. <laughs> all by myself. That's a small ministry. You know, you do all that. But, but I had this goal. One day I wanted to give $100,000, but I had to start with where I was at. And I'll never forget our church was taking a, an offering, kind of like we're going to be doing right here in just a couple of weeks, the exchange. And we had an opportunity to sow into the vision and all the amazing things we see happening in Haiti and all the awesome stuff that our church is doing around the world. We got to be a part of that. And, and here we were in the service. I didn't know what we were going to do. I'm praying. And, 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 and Pastor God, and he's, there's several people that can do this and be able to help with this, just hear God's voice. And he goes, I believe there's many of you that could give $500. And I remember sitting on the second row right over there thinking, $500. Wow. I hope God speaks to those people. <laughs> I didn't want to be one, just whoever they were. Uh, and all of a sudden, I felt like God said, you're one of them, give 500. I said, oh, shoot. <laughs> I started to reach for my, my wallet about the time I did. The guy next to me said, I'm one of them. I said, phew. I guess I overheard God talking to him. <laughs> I put my wallet back in my pocket. 
Well, my wife leaned over. She says, God telling you anything? I said, I don't know. Is he telling you anything? She said, I think we're supposed to give 500. I said, oh, shoot. It's filling out my envelope. Ink was smearing from the tears. <laughs> you know, all that. God loves a cheerful giver. <laughs> Whatever. God loves, also loves uncheerful givers. God loves everybody. I tell you what, though, if you're happy every time you give, you don't give a lot. There's a lot of times I haven't been happy. Willing, yes. Obedient, fine. Happy? No. no. I had $503 in my checkbook. God wants 500 of it. He was like, you shouldn't cry when you give to God. I said, I'm not. I'm just watering my seed. I remember I gave that, we gave that $500 and God began to do some of the most amazing things in, in our life. But he spoke to us that day and, and, and he said, what you make happen for my house, Ephesians 6, eight, what you make happen for my house, I'll make happen for your house. And I'm thinking, I live in an apartment. I don't even have a house. But he began to speak to me about building his house. When you put first the kingdom of God, everything else is added unto you. And that day with $500, everything we had, we had 503 in our account. We begin to build God's house. And I don't have time to tell you my whole story over the next 18 years uh, when, when we gave $1,000, when we gave $2,500, then we gave $5,000. Remember one day I want to give $100,000, so I'm just working my way up. Faith is a muscle. You got to exercise if you want it to grow. And so every, every year I'm just trying to go a little further. And we moved from our little apartment into a regular apartment and from that apartment into our, our first house, from that into our second house, into our, our home now, uh, uh, which, which we moved in just a couple years ago, that we paid cash and moved in totally debt-free, don't owe a dime on our house. And... Um, and it was, it, was, it was not long, just about a year or so after we were finally able to give that first $100,000. And I, I don't tell you that to impress you, but 18 years ago in a little apartment when God said, if you'll build my house, I'll build your house. And we began to build God's house, and God now has built our house. And now we're able, being debt-free, being able to do more and more for the kingdom of God, not being weighed down by all that other stuff. So God blesses us to be a blessing. So, so order. Second thing is order your day. Find time to do these things. I try to give something every day. Something, a kind word is a good thing to give every day. A smile could be something. How can I bless someone? Whether it's, maybe it's Starbucks, I'll pay for theirs. I don't even know them, but I just do something just to, to bless some, help somebody else. You've got to keep that giving, that muscle flowing. Give, there's a gift of giving. Give, it's a gift. And you keep that thing flowing and moving and working in your, in your life. The last one, number three. Oh, my goodness, I'm almost out of time. In the words of Kim Kardashian to her first husband, I won't keep you long. Okay, let me, let me, let me finish with this. Um, number, number three, number three. Number one was what? What was number one? Own your day. Number two was order your day. Number three, occupy your day. Number three, occupy your day. What, what does that mean? It means don't just watch the parade, join it. Wherever you're at, be all there. Don't just show up to free chapel on Sunday. What can you do to be a part? How can you join? How can you, how can you get plugged in? The Bible talks about being planted in the house of God. How many want to see your life flourish? Your business flourish? Your relationships flourish? Your, your finances flourish? Your health flourish? The Bible says when you plant yourself in the house of God, that your life will begin to flourish. 
So how do you occupy that you, by being all there, by getting all in, by plugging in, by, by making this? I mean, don't just, don't just show up every now and then. Plant yourself in the house of God. How do you plant yourself in God's house? Well, there's, there's a lot of ways. I mean, showing up is one of the ways. Being here, coming to church on a regular basis, praying for your pastor. Some of them are easy. How many pray for your pastor? Pray for their family. Pray for all the staff. Yeah, that's something you can do every day to plant yourself. Find a place to serve. Where can you get involved? Where can you plug in? When you begin to serve in the house of God, my goodness, there's something that amazing begins to tie you in and connect you in a blessing that comes on your life. And we could go on, give, be faithful with your giving, your tithe and offering. Tithe means tenth. The Bible says when you honor God with 10% of your increase, he opens up the windows of heaven, pours out blessings on your life. That's how we, we plant ourselves in the house of God, by where our heart, where your heart is, your treasure is. So you, you sow into that and you're a part of that. Now, I grew up in church and we didn't learn you know, the joy of giving and the grace of giving and the spirit of generosity. We just learned, boy, you better pay your tithe or God will kill you. <laughs> Anybody go to a church like that? Anybody ever go to a church like that? We were scared. Like God was like the godfather of the mafia. And tithe was like protection money. Just give him his money, he won't break your leg. We didn't, we didn't learn the, the joy of giving. We, I mean, we went to kids' church. They taught us songs when we were kids. You know, God will take it out of your hide if you don't pay your tithe. Um, but if you really think about it, I mean, do you, do you think God needs your money? We always thought tithing was about money. Can you pass the money test? We always thought it was about money, but do you think God really needs your money? I mean, God owns everything. I mean, he's not, the guy's not pacing heaven going, oh, I hope Dave tithes. Oh, people are going to be coming up here before you know it, and these streets have got to be repaved. And, and the price of gold these days is just so much higher. Angels need new robes. There's so much. God doesn't need my money. Tithing really has nothing to do with money. It, it is a test. Only place in the Bible God said, test me. So it is a test, but it's not a money test. It's a trust test. Remember I asked earlier, how many believe the Bible? Let me see your hand, you believe the Bible? Yeah, if we believe the Bible, well, well most of it. That part, I'm not sure. Maybe that was for back then. And uh, I, don't, I don't know about, no, I mean, you either believe it or we don't. And it's, it's really a decision of living a faith-filled life. Do I live my life by faith of what God's word says in every area of my life? Tithe means 10th. I, I was teaching my little boy. He, he just turned 10 and, and uh, teaching him about tithing and trying to teach him the way I, not the way I grew up, you know, not to scare him, but, but uh, you know, he got $50 for his birthday. And I'm like, hey, Solomon, I said, um, we need to give your tithe 5% to God or, or 10% to God, $5. He got 50, $5 belongs to God. He's like, my birthday money? I'm like, yes, the Bible says all your increase. He said, dad, I don't even have a job. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Any of your increase, anything comes to you, we give God back because everything that came to us came from God. And he goes, okay, it's fine. So he gave his, he gave his $5. So a couple days later, he had 45 left. We were, at, we were at lunch and he goes, hey, dad, can I pay for lunch? I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. He's, generous. He's getting generous. He's, I love it. Yes, buddy, you can pay for lunch. He said, okay, let me have your credit card. I gave him the credit card. He paid. They brought the bill. He goes, can I sign it? I'm like, sure, you can sign it. So he signed it. He goes, hey, Dad, what's a, what's a tip? I go, well, tip's where we give the waitress that's been helping us. The lady's been helping us. We give her 20% to thank her for our help. He said, okay. He said, Dad, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, what do you mean it doesn't make any sense? He goes, Dad, we've only known her for like an hour. He said, you're giving her 20%. He said, we've known God our whole life. You only gave him 10%. <laughs> yes. That's pretty good for a 10-year-old to see that. 
and, and half of you, we can't even figure, get that part down. But anyway, uh, when you understand it's all his anyway, it's just saying, God, I trust you. It, it's kind of like, like this. Um, look at this pie, big pumpkin pie. Isn't that, that's a big one too, man. I've never seen one that big. Every, every week we all get a pie, or every two weeks, whenever you get your paycheck, let's just say this pie represents your paycheck. Some people, I mean, they're different sizes. Some people got bigger, pay, bigger pies. Some people got smaller pies. But every one of us, we get a pie. This is our, our income. This is what comes to us every week. And now we have a choice uh, of what we're going to do with our, our pie. What are we going to do with it? Well, uh, you got bills to pay. And so you, you get started with that. I mean, you got, you got your mortgage. Everyone's got a mortgage or, or rent or something you got to pay to take care of where you live. And that's important because you, you got to have a place to stay. And, uh, and that's a pretty big chunk of the pie. I mean, by the time you pay for, for that and, and, uh, and insurance and you got your bills, I mean, your, your cable and your electric and all that kind of stuff, and you got to have a place to live. So you, you want to take care of that piece first. That's a big chunk of the pie. So, okay, you got that taken care of. And then you got a car. You want to take care of your car and your wife's car and gas and insurance. And that ends up pretty big piece of the, of the pie. And we, gotta, we got that take care of. And, and if you've got any health insurance, that's going to take a, a piece of the pie. And, uh, and, and so you got, you got that. If you've if you got, um, my goodness, you got kids and they got extracurricular activities. So that takes a piece of the pie, all the stuff they got going on. And uh, so we give them their, their piece of the pie. Uh, what else you got? You got, oh, got my, my cell phone. Check my Instagram. Follow at Dr. Dave Martin. Got to get that pay. Got to get that taken care of. Oh, my credit card bill. Had to get that outfit. It looked good. Couldn't miss that. I got to pay my credit card bills. Uh, man, we got so, oh, and myself, I mean, I'm the one that worked all week. It's a lot of work. I mean, I'm out there every day working hard. I got to take care of my bill, uh, myself. I, I want to go to dinner, at least enjoy a little bit of the fruit of my labor. I got to take, go to the movies or something. And, uh, and so I, I got, I got that to take, I took care of. Um, so, uh, okay, man, that's a lot of stuff, but I, I'm pretty sure I got everything taken care of. Oh, the, oh um, Sunday I got church. Want to give God something? Because I mean, I, everything I've got did come from Him. So God, I just honor you. Thank you. You've been such a blessing to my life. And uh, well, I'm giving you everything I've got left. And we bring God. What we bring God is we bring God the crumbs, what's left, what's just kind of just scraped up. That because after we took care of all of our stuff, what happens when you live your life like that is you live a really selfish life. Putting yourself before God and everything, when understanding that everything you've got came from God. I mean, the fact that you woke up this morning, you can breathe, breath in your body. So you have a choice. You have a choice whether to live a selfish life, putting yourself first, or living a faith-filled life. How many want to live a faith-filled life? Putting God first, and, and that's, what he, that's what he says, to put him first. And, and, and life is, is so much different when you put God first. It's, it's kind of like Here's a good example. Here's our pie, right? Every one of us got a pie. That's what we made this week. And so we, we take the pie and what we say is, God, I've decided to live my life by faith. I've decided to live my life according to your word. I trust you. I believe what you said. So today I'm going to make a decision to put you first. The Bible says to bring the first of your increase back to him. It doesn't say bring what's left of your increase. He said, bring the first. So I make a decision to bring the first of my increase. So I take the first 10%, tithe means 10th. 
It's not a, it's not a Bible word. It's just a math word. It means 10. doesn't mean five. means 10. can't make it. You can't bring your fifth. You bring your tithe, the tenth. And so I bring God the 10%, and I, I got, God, thank you. I wouldn't have anything if you didn't give it to me, so I honor you by bringing back that portion to you. Now I've, I've got my pie. So now if you look at my pie now, I've taken out that first portion that belongs to God. What's amazing now is that as I put God first in my life, everything from this point on begins with God, and it ends with God. So God becomes the center of everything I've got left. I remember growing up, they talk about that. You give God 10%, he'll bless the 90%. You'll find that you can do more with the 90%. It becomes more blessed than you could with the whole 100%. And then the natural, that doesn't make sense. That's why we call it faith. It takes faith to believe that that's true. But I have found, and many of you have found, that when you put God first, take him his part, he begins to bless the 90%. And what happens is it's kind of like this. It's one thing to have a, a whole pie, but I'd rather have 90% of the pie with God's blessing. Because when you got a blessing on your pie, man, look at that. God only blesses your pie. Look, at, doesn't the 90% look so much better now with God's blessing? on? Not only does God bless your, your pie and add to that 90%, he blesses you. And you get to enjoy some of the blessings. So good. And, 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 then, and then he begins to pour out blessings. Pretty soon it starts overflowing. And then everything else starts to get blessed. God's blessings begin to overflow in your life. And so you have a choice every week. God, do I want to take care of you, give you the crumbs that are left? Or am I going to make a decision to put you first? Honor you. Thank you. I wouldn't have any of this pie if it wasn't for you. So I give you yours first and let your blessings overflow onto the 90%. It's really a choice of living a selfish life or living a faith-filled life. And so you can make the choice and you decide which way you want to go. It's really a simple decision, but it's all part of occupying your day. It's all, mm. Got a piece of that pie there. It's all part of occupying your day, occupying the, the most, making the most, occupying a part of, of your space here at Free Chapel and doing your part. And not only does it make the, the, the house bless, but your life begins to flourish in the process. A perfect day. Own your day. Take responsibility for the things that you need to change. How many, how many like tomorrow to be better than today? So what are you going to do today? I try to learn something every day. Learn something. God gives us wisdom to learn. If I want something different in my health, if I want something different in my relationship, what am I going to learn today? Sometimes it's little things. I mean, I, learn, I try to learn something every day. I like to sign books. Oh, I got a book back there I didn't tell you about. But I go back and sign uh, books and meet people, and I, I find all kinds of ways to spell names. Sometimes you learn little things. Cheryl with a C or with an S. Amy. There's like five ways to spell Amy. There's a new girl at Starbucks the other day. Had a little badge on, trainee. And I was just kidding with him. I'm like, that's funny. You know, your mom named you trainee. <laughs> and she looked at me. She said, it's Trinay. <laughs> I, I didn't even, I didn't catch that. But all I'm saying is there's always something to learn. So own your day, order your day, take time out of every day, spend time with God to give to others, to help others, and then occupy your day. Get planted in the house of God and see what God will do in your life. Amen. Can I pray for you real quick just before we go? Father, I just thank you for your word today. And Lord, I thank you that you are so much, much more for us than we could ever dream or imagine. 
Lord, you've got great things in store for us and for our future. Lord, more important than all the blessings and favor and success and all the good things you have for us. More important than any of that is knowing that our heart and our life is right with you. Knowing that we're at peace with you today. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed. 